Good morning. It is Tuesday, July 21st, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. The biggest non-coronavirus-related storyline in the world of college football recruiting currently revolves around the rise of a plucky little program called Alabama, which has gone from outside the top 40 of the 2021 recruiting rankings all the way up to number two in a matter of months, setting the stage for what could be a great battle with Ohio State for the rights to be number one. But it's not just about the tide's rise because, well, finishing number one isn't that big of a deal for Alabama anymore. But rather, Bama has the early makings of an offensive line class that honestly could go down as the best ever with commitments from three linemen within the top 50 of the rankings and two within the top 20. The highest-ranked pledge at number five in the 24-7 sports composite is offensive lineman Tommy Brockermeyer, who committed to the Crimson Tide on Friday in a package deal of sorts with his twin brother James, who happens to be a four-star center. And, you know, big whoop, right? That's Bama being Bama. But in this case, this is Bama being Bama and Texas being Texas. Because guess what? The Brockermeyers are Longhorn royalty. Their father, Blake, was an All-American tackle in the mid-1990s who became a first-round pick for the Carolina Panthers. Their older brother, Luke, is a walk-on linebacker at Texas. These kids grew up bleeding burnt orange, and as it stands, Tommy's Instagram is currently full of him flashing the horns up and donning UT's colors, but... That only matters so much when push comes to shove and when Alabama can point to its decorated history and pedigree of sending linemen to the first round of the NFL draft, while Texas can point to not much, right? Like since 2010, Texas has had one lineman drafted total. So it makes sense that even if you grew up rooting for one team, you're going to go to the other one that can send you to the NFL. And today on the College Football Daily, we are going to explore Texas's abject failure, in the words of our first guest, Mike Roach of Horns 24-7. And then we'll talk to Bama Online's Hank South about how Alabama keeps handing in-state schools in Texas and Florida recruiting losses and PR nightmares. All right, bringing in Mike Roach right now. Mike, I don't want to get you in trouble because I know you're going to have to talk to people you know, within the, the Texas football department uh, to, to do your job correctly. But on the on a disaster scale of one to ten, where does not landing the legacy Brockermeyer brothers land? I mean, it's I, I think if you asked anybody in the Texas building and, and they were honest with you, they would admit it's a ten. It's you can't lose these recruitments, especially if you want to play at a championship level and recruit at a championship level. When you have elite prospects, first of all, elite prospects in your state. But with the built-in advantages they had of being third-generation Longhorns and their brother on the team and all those sorts of things, there's uh, to me, there's no other way to classify it than an abject failure. And I think that if you ask people honestly in the Texas building, they would tell you the same. When did they start to know? Maybe when did also you start to know that these these twins were indeed going to go to Alabama? You know, this started about a year ago, honestly, when Alabama first offered Tommy um, you know, I was, I've been close with the family for a while. I, I live very close to all saints so I could get out there anytime I wanted to. And, um, you know, when I get out there, I, uh, last spring, um, uh, Tommy had just been injured and was going to miss his junior season, but talking to him, everybody thought, including me, that it was slam dunk for Texas, you know, it would just, it would just be what it was. And then 
uh, you know, Tommy mentioned to me off the record that, Hey, this Alabama thing is pretty serious. And at the time I was like, you know, I, I reported it. And I think a lot of people uh, didn't take my report seriously and, and kind of just figured whatever it would end up Texas way. And um, you know, I think that they made it pretty clear right off the bat. They wanted to do their own thing um, away from, you know, their father's legacy. They were very interested in, uh, uh, NFL development and a chance to win national championships at the college level, which is something Alabama can sell and Texas cannot. And and those were the things that, that really worked against them. So, I mean, it, it's been kind of a slow back and forth. Um, I ran into them in San Antonio when we were down there covering the all American bowl, they were in town, uh, to, to see the Alamo bowl when Luke was, uh, their older brother, Luke Brockemeyer was playing, talked to them there. They were at the team hotel afterwards and, um, you know, it, it was back and forth, but it, going into the spring, it started to sound like Alabama was really pulling ahead. And then I got a call uh, from the family, I guess, beginning of June when strength and conditioning started in, in the state of Texas that said, hey, you may want to come out and talk to them because I think we're, we're pretty close to shutting it down here. And so uh, that's when I made the, the switch on my crystal ball after talking to them there. And it, it just didn't sound like there was anything Texas could do to make up the ground. Yeah. So later on in this podcast, and I've already, I've already spoken to him, I've already recorded it, but I, I have an interview with <clears throat> Hank South from Bama Online. And I was trying to get Hank to kind of like it, it place this on the level of, of shock for him. And, you know, but he covers Alabama, like nothing's that shocking. Right. They can really kind of get who they want. And, and we talked about how this was such a flex for Saban, but like for Texas's perspective, this is, you said it's an abject disaster. It's a, it's a 10 on the disaster scale. And I, I think what's going to be frustrating for Texas people is like Tom Herman can go up there and talk about, look, we, t- to build a program we want, we have to recruit, we have to recruit. And it's, but to, to land the recruits that you want to build the program you want, you have to have some tangible proof of concept that we're going to send you to the NFL. Like we're going to compete for college football playoff appearances. And it's a tale as old as, as time for college football it's chicken or egg. What happens first? Like results on the field are results on the recruiting trail. But like Texas has back-to-back number three overall classes, and we're still kind of waiting on all those guys to turn into stars and, and draft picks and, and for this to actually get off the ground for Tom Herman still, it feels like. Yeah, and if you look at – I mean, if you want to look at what comes first, I think that new coaches can generate excitement and bring about a, a strong recruiting class without necessarily showing those results, and that's what Texas did in 2018. Um, you know, signing that class, but um, it's time, like you said, it's time for those guys to pan out. I mean, that we're talking about a class that was revered for its secondary group, uh, maybe the best in the modern recruiting era. And already, you know, DeMarvin Overshone's been moved to linebacker and Anthony Cook's in the transfer portal. So, uh, you know, Caden Stearns has had a, a strong career so far, but it's time for guys like Jalen Green and, and some of those other guys to step up. And, um, you know, you hope that you can build early enough with the momentum you have just from being a new coach that you could put those results down on the field and kind of keep it running. And, you know, I think Texas was in such a strong position coming off of that Sugar Bowl um, and just didn't capitalize on it. And, and especially, you know, I, I going into last season, if obviously there, there are two losses, I think, going into play TCU, they had lost to LSU close and they lost Oklahoma close. I think if, you know, if Texas wins out, you sell that as a, we had a really good season. We lost to a national champion in a playoff team. 
Um, but, you know, obviously things kind of just went downhill near the, the end of the season and the way they lost games was very frustrating for recruits and, and fans and everybody to see. So it, I think it's just all about uh, maintaining that momentum. And now they're in a spot where they've just got to build it again from, from scratch. So Alabama touts its ability to send linemen to the NFL and more specifically to the first round. And look, like we we know what it's looked like the last 10 years for Texas since Colt McCoy got hurt against Alabama. And Blake Brockermeyer, the, the father here, he you know told Hank in, in a story at 24-7 Sports, like, look, like the last 10 years have kind of been rough for Texas. And uh, you know, to continue that, like our, our own Chris Hummer colleague, he does a piece on development rate and Texas is like the worst of, of, you know, schools who are signing a consistently high number of top two, four, seven players. But that is not like the, the data pool there predates Tom Herman. And I, I just kind of wonder like if we had Tom here on this podcast and gave him some truth serum, like how much would he blame the sins of his predecessors? Because we are citing 10 year failures of, of putting Texas Longhorns in the NFL. And like Tom Herman has only been around long enough to send his first recruiting class off to the NFL. Right. And his first full class is going to be juniors this year. I mean, those are the guys who are, I think this year is the year where we really measure NFL development under Tom Herman and, and start to see it happening. Um, with Samuel, Sam Cosme is a guy that's been talked about highly, uh, Derek Kerstetter's a guy who's probably going to go in the later rounds. But Joseph Osai, I think if he has the type of season people are anticipating him having, that's a guy that could be a top 10 pick. And so it could change very quickly. But, yeah, I mean, you, you look at, at what happened under Charlie Strong and in the late years of Mac Brown and, um, you know, the draft just stopped being uh, – it, it was such a Texas event in the early 2000s and um, it just went the, the complete other way from that point in time. And that's been something to – you know, that's something to blame. And another thing, I mean, just with, with the Brockermeyers is I think a lot of people pin things on what is this season going to look like. And I – talking to, to, to Blake, you know, he mentioned we, we expect Texas to have a good year. they got a senior team. Um, you know, they've got a, a, a great – roster they've got a, a fairly uh, set up schedule that's that that could do well for them the big 12's turning over but what are they going to look like in the next you know year two three when when sam ellinger's gone and how many you know how many deficiencies is a player like sam ellinger covering so you know i think all those things are concerns to think about and, and we'll see how those play out down the stretch as well mike roach is the recruiting editor at horns 24 7 you can follow him on twitter at mike roach 247 we're going to take a quick ad break, but on the other side is our conversation with Hank South, who covers Alabama recruiting for Bama online. He is going to tell us all about the Crimson Tide's plundering of Texas. Time to bring in Hank South. Hank, you've covered Alabama recruiting for a while now. I have to imagine that this one, James Brockermeyer and Tommy Brockermeyer, when you sort of look back at it, it's got to be up there as far as ones that were really kind of surprised or almost shocked that Alabama actually got these guys. Yeah. You know, I think early on in the spring of 2019, when Alabama offered Tommy, because they, they offered Tommy separately of James, James didn't get his offer until February um, of 2020, this past February. And, and at the time, you know, we interviewed Tommy and, you know, he was very grateful for the offer. He said all good things. And I went back and actually looked at the story, the comments of the story just after, uh, after they announced their commitment last week. And, 
it, it was just funny because everyone was like, oh yeah, no, it's cool that they're showing interest, but you know, they're, they're Texas is to lose. They're, they're going to Texas. You know, they're, this ties were just too strong with their dad, their older brother, there, the whole family being Texas people. Um, so yeah, it, it's definitely up there as far as, you know, biggest polls um, we've seen, or at least, you know, for sure I've seen in, in my time covering recruiting, um, you know, with, with how deep rooted they are um, with the Texas Longhorn program. Yeah, like by the time they committed on Friday, the crystal ball was all Alabama. You had been pointing toward Alabama for a while. So we knew, but it yeah. still was like, whoa, that actually just happened. Like Alabama just pulled two Texas legacies out of Texas's backyard. I mean, the dad's an All-American. The brother's on the team. Texas was, uh, we're going to have a Texas perspective on this podcast too. These guys were Texas's to lose and it's a massive hit for Tom Herman. And for Nick Saban, it looks like it's just, the continuation of what could be the best offensive line class they've ever had, maybe the best offensive line class in the history of modern day recruiting as far as Alabama's 2021 cycle goes. Do you think for these two guys, it was just too hard to pass up the fact that Saban is putting almost every left tackle he gets into the first round? No, that's exactly what it was, you know, and, and the, you know, the momentum in this recruitment really started turning, I would say when James got, the offer from Alabama in February because, you know, they're not calling themselves a package deal, um, but they're, they want to play at the same school together. They're brothers. They want their family to be able to come and see them um, without having to go different places. And so that was important. And when James got the offer after that weekend, you know, it, it really started to feel like, you know, Bama could really win out with this thing, you know, up to that point, it was, you know, they're, they're going to have fun with the recruiting process. They're going to take these visits, but you know, they're going to end up committing to Texas. But after that visit in February, when James got offered ever since then, you know, crystal balls kind of slowly started trickling in and, you know, with, with Texas, uh, you know, I, I think, Everyone, so like, yeah, the crystal ball was turning to Alabama for both of them by the time they committed. But I think it's still, you know, it's like ripping that Band-Aid off, like for Texas fans. Like there were there were some not happy Longhorn fans on, on Twitter on Friday, um, you know, saying saying different things. But yeah, I, you know, the NFL development. Um, I talked to Blake Brockermeyer, the, their dad, obviously the former Texas Longhorn and first round draft pick um, of the Carolina Panthers, and he, he was saying, yeah, every left every blindside tackle of Nick Saban's has gone in the first round and the only one that didn't went in the second round, which was Cam Robinson. So that was a huge selling point. Obviously the prestige of the program. I think Kyle Flood really kind of built a really good rapport with these brothers. Um, Carl Scott as well, who's been Bama's like ace recruiter, um, you know, certainly in 2020 and, you know, having a really good year this year as well. So those were kind of the main, main factors. Fun to get a Kyle Flood mentioned. He's now at Bama's O-line coach for those who didn't know. So you mentioned the angst of Texas fans on Twitter. And you talked about your your interview you had with Blake Brockermeyer, the father of these two. What what did he have to say as far as I think he was a little bit wary of some blowback here from Texas fans. I think he was a little bit concerned. You know, I mean, Luke, their brother, is still on the team. He's a walk on. Like I, I'm sure they're. I'm sure the Texas staff didn't take it well. I'm sure Texas players or you know Texas fans on the message boards didn't take it well. What did he have to say about his sons making? in the Lone Star State, what would be an unpopular decision? Yeah, you know, a lot of people don't think about kind of, you know, how that can be, that can impact several different things. You know, they, they commit to Alabama, you think, oh yeah, of course they're going to go to Alabama. It's, the, you know, one of the top programs, um, putting NFL draft picks out every single year. But you don't think about the fact that these guys live in Fort Worth. You know, they're surrounded by Texas fans every single day. Luke, their older brother's on the team. This wasn't easy for them to tell Texas no by any means. You know, I talked to Blake and, you know, you could tell, I mean, it, it was hard. You know, obviously they love Bama. They want to be at Bama. Um, and, and, you know, he, he said, 
you know, it was always his son's decision. It was never him pushing them to Texas. Um, but you know, it, it was certainly hard. You know, he said they're still going to bleed burnt orange. You know, they're still certainly going to support the Texas program. And, you know, I, I would imagine they're, they're going to obviously still talk to Texas. You know, they're going to go to the games this fall. Hopefully, you know, if we have games, um, they're going to be, they're going to be around the program all the time. So Texas isn't going to go away here. You know, they're still going to recruit, recruit these guys. Um, you know, I, I think it would take a lot to flip them at this point. I think they're, they're pretty set on, on this decision, you know, Tommy said, you know, he's known for a couple months now that he he was thinking it was Bama. But yeah, you know, there, there was there was a lot of, you know, different, you know, f- kind of things to look at it in terms of fallout, you know, in their state with the relationships with Texas with, you know, he, he was saying, you know, some people are probably going to hate us and think there's ill will towards Texas. And he said, there's, there's absolutely not. It was just a decision for them and not, you know, following in, in his footsteps. It's just such a flex by Nick Saban to, to go get these guys. Like this is, uh, I mean, when Tommy burst onto the scene, I guess two years ago at this point, again, Texas lock and you know, his brother, I know that like the recruitment sort of went from, okay, it's Texas is to lose. And then I know Clemson entered the mix and, and then Alabama, you sort of were in on this early sort of poking out that, Hey, Alabama's got a shot here. And you and I talk all the time off, off the podcast. And sometimes I'm like, well, you know, he covers Alabama. So like he, he sees Alabama when it's fair share of recruiting battles. It's probably hard for you to not pick Alabama, but we were, you and I were saying the other day, like, this is, this is this is really this is a really impressive recruiting job by Alabama, and I think if you're a, if you're Texas, I think if you're a program in the state of Texas, I think it's pretty concerning that Alabama is, I mean, not only cleaning up in the state, but literally like snatching Longhorn legacies out from the crib. Yeah, you know, you look at what Nick Saban's done, you know, in his entire tenure with Alabama, and, and this cycle in particular, you know, the first, you know, on this run Bama's been on, you know, this was the these these two brothers were the the fourth the third and fourth commit or no sorry second and third commit of last week for Alabama they've been on this crazy run with recruiting momentum and up until you know July first it was all you know Bama's just doing whatever they want in South Florida in the state of Florida getting all the top recruits out of there out from uh, out from under Florida Miami and Florida State and now the narrative's kind of shifted <laughs> they went for back west back to, back to Texas they get Kendrick Blackshire earlier in the week. Over uh, over LSU in Texas A and M, which was a you know highly contested recruitment, and, and now the Brockermeyer brothers. So really, I mean, they, they just have such a national you know uh, brand, national footprint, uh, recruiting footprint to to really attract these guys. Um, and you know, and they're still cleaning up in the state too. You know, they have Deontay Lawson, Ian Jackson. You know, they're they're keeping focused on, on within their borders and, and you know looking beyond too. And they're just you know just crushing it for lack of a better word. All right, thanks, Hank. No problem. Thanks. Okay, that's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily, a very angsty one indeed. If you appreciate what we're doing, well, we'd love your support with a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. For our producer, Tony Levitt, for Mike Roach, for Hank South, I'm Trey Scott, and we will see you on Wednesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.